Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to episode number 119 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have a familiar face and I have somebody making their LSR pod debut this week. Dustin Galker is here and Brad Allen from Legal Sports Report joins us here. Brad, I know you've listened to all 118 previous episodes of this podcast, so I expect you to just step right in and like like this is just old hat to you. What what an honor to be joining you, Matt. Um, I mean, the only thing I remember every week is you telling me to follow you if I hate myself. So um, yeah, excited, excited to be that, here. That that is a that is a very good reminder that if you want to follow Dustin on the Twitter machine, you can at Dustin Galker. If you want to follow Brad at Brad Allen NFL, and if you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M two. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We do appreciate all of that. Help us climb up the charts and uh, make more people find this podcast, which would be pretty interesting. As well, we'll talk some Connecticut stuff. We'll talk Arizona. We will talk Washington. We'll talk what's going on in Florida. But let's go ahead and kick things off here, Brad. This is one of the uh, big stories that you have over at LegalSportsReport.com. And let's uh, let's talk about the advertising that we are likely to see and things that are going to be going on here uh, in you know the the NFL season here for the next five months. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's no secret that NFL is <laughs> the time of the year where everyone throws money at the problem, um, you know, huge customer acquisition rush. Um, and there's, you know, a few numbers floating around, uh, like front office sports had a report that uh, sports books are going to spend $1 billion on advertising around this NFL season. There was a, uh, a report from iSpot TV in the, in the first week of the NFL. Um, Sportsbooks spent about $21.4 million on TV ads across CNBC, Fox, um, and NBC. Um, but of course, like as we've seen before with, with DFS in 2015, if you throw a load of money at this problem, if you plaster every NFL game, every sports event with eight sportsbook ads, uh, people start to get fed up with it. So that was kind of, that was kind of the gist of a, um, a webinar on Monday, a couple of regulators, top regulators from New Jersey and Colorado, they had some quite stern words basically saying, uh, 
you know, we're hearing from our from our constituents, we're hearing from our legislators saying this is too much, there's too much advertising going on. And then they, their message to the industry was check yourself or we will check you, essentially. Too bad uh, they didn't Dustin, say before you wreck yourself. That yes, I thought he was. I know I was like the perfect opportunity. Maybe that song didn't make it over to the UK is what it is, Dustin. So like maybe that song didn't didn't make it over there. Brad's not familiar. Um, so, Dustin, look, you and I live through this with actually we kind of lived through this twice, right? Like people didn't mind it all that much in the online poker days for whatever reason. I don't remember people complaining about online poker commercials, but they were everywhere, by the way, like they were all over the place. I mean, we were getting them at a very rapid rate. And but then DFS came along. DFS commercials were just absolutely uh, you could not turn on any programming. You were like, I'm going to watch Oprah. And it would be like DFS commercials and stuff, whatever. Oprah was giving away tickets to the millionaire maker, basically, is what was going on throughout the course of, of all of that. And so that was when we really started to recognize just, you know, this this advertising blitz and how this maybe could be at least a little bit detrimental to the industry in the long term. And we were wondering how this was going to play out on the sports book side of things. And at least we are having people come out before this gets out of hand and saying like, Hey, 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 maybe rein it back just a tad. Yeah. And that's, I think we've said that more than once on this podcast that this danger existed. It's, uh, it was interesting to hear it come from, from regulators now saying, Hey, let's do this. You know, Brad can t attest to the fact that there, this is, this is the life cycle in the UK, right? This is, they, they've been through this. They've seen too many advertising and too, it's been too ubiquitous. And, you know, it's, now there's just this spotlight because of NFL season. It was, this is already very bad in every state where there's legal sports, but you can ask anybody uh, who lives in one of these states who watches sports and they are getting bombarded. I say this all the time. I watch baseball and it's like everything, everything on, on MLB feeds is like DraftKings live read, DraftKings commercial, like points bet uh, live read. It's, it's, it's just, it hammers you over the head and it's two commercials on the actual it's just all of it. It's always happening. And, uh, you know, this is, this is, that's just baseball. So this is not necessarily a new phenomenon. It's just front and center with NFL season, the NFL agreeing to take sportsbook ads. All of that is contributed. And, you know, you, we do have this bad, like some people have this bad taste in their mouth from 2015 when it was everywhere and it was obnoxious. And, you know, can it get obnoxious to now? Absolutely. And it, it, it's already gone, arguably gotten into that. So it's, yeah, it's this ubiquitousness and, you know, the, you know, the regulators that Brad quoted here talking a little bit about be like, got to be a little bit more upfront about responsible gambling and being honest about the bonus terms and things like that. And you're just you're kind of skirting it and, you know, all of it can add up to to bad things. And, yeah, I'm, I guess I'd be curious, Brad, like what's the what do you see as, a, as an outside observer who's both covering this here and has been through it in the UK? What's it like? What's it, how does it stack up to what's happened in the UK? Yeah. And, and Brad, to add on to that question, I was going to ask is kind of a follow up here was was you know, what was it like at its worst when you were over there? Was it literally like three sportsbook ads in a row? Like as you're watching a game, like what, what was it like at its worst before there had to be some changes made? Um, I mean, I'll be honest. I, th I think you guys have ramped up pretty quickly to where we were, <laughs> right? Like, you know, the, 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 the show itself sponsored by the bookmaker, the teams come out, they've got the bookmakers on the shirt, the halftime ads are bookmakers, the pitch hoardings are bookmakers. Um, and then, yeah, it was just too much. And the thing is when the regulators, you know, when they, when they come for, when it starts to be in their face all the time and people are complaining, they, they don't just come for advertising. They don't just go, right, no more advertising. You know, they, they come for everything, like, you know, affordability, sort of responsible gambling. You, you get into all of it. And, you know, that, that was kind of the message, like regulate yourselves or we will regulate you. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, they, they basically, they were calling for 
because you know obviously the industry is in growth mode everyone's trying to acquire customers but they said you guys need to work together and work out some ground rules work out we're only going to spend this much on nfl games like and we're going to have responsible gambling messaging we're going to have these terms like work out a handbook together whether it's through one of your trade groups but you need to you know do something sharpish and and get to terms with this otherwise uh, it's going to end badly for you it's interesting dustin because uh, i guess for me a couple of different things one I don't ever watch commercials unless I'm watching a sporting event and living in Nevada for me, I've had sports book commercials for, uh, you know, however long now, eight year, you know, seven, eight years now people, I mean, they weren't as kind of like in your face as they are now a little bit, but I've had them for a long time. Right. And so it didn't really, I don't know. It didn't really register for me all that much because, you know, I'm either watching sports and flipping between games and stuff. So commercials don't really, hit me all that often and so I it's interesting to me that it has already gotten to this point because again I I just didn't notice it right I mean it's I'm watching sports if one game goes to commercial I'm flipping to a different one I'm going all over the place the only other programming I really watch is I'm on Bravo watching million dollar listing and stuff like that so I'm not getting sportsbook ads over on on that guilty yeah. you know guilty pleasure for me by the way million dollar listings I love I love those shows but um but 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 Dustin like you know so I guess I didn't really get it you're 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 in a state though where there's not like a lot of competition so you're probably not getting a ton of that either unless you're just watching like a regional feed, right? Yeah, I mean, we got some on Blazers games, I think, for Oregon scoreboard because they had to deal with them. But yeah, yeah not not a whole lot. You know what I mean? Unless you're, yeah, unless you're getting the national. Again, when I watch baseball, when I watch, I watch a decent amount of baseball in my off hours, and mm-hmm. yeah, you get, you, get, you get bombarded with it there, especially for states where it's where it's legal. So yeah, to me, it's yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see what, what will happen. What will regulators actually do something? Uh, you know, we've, we've talked at, ad nauseum on this podcast how it's been very light touch in a lot of states right everybody kind of follows new jersey's lead lets things happen if new jersey starts cracking down though i think that's you know that's a a point where everybody's like whoa what's what are we doing here and you know everybody's watching everybody's watching sports is seeing this like you're you're not you're you can't escape from this if you're watching sports you're going to get you know especially in an i can't imagine in arizona right now like i know uh, cj who works in arizona for us is getting just says so it's already it's already there because a launch yeah. on top of NFL season right that was the that, that's as big as it gets and it's just been constant for him in Arizona and it, like we said a lot of books are open there right away so I don't know we'll see what comes of all of this you know hope you hope you hope you know all, all it takes is maybe that like with the DFS like what's the what's the the match is it some yeah. you know some big story that comes out about somebody losing a lot of money I've worried about that for 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 a lot of time where there's this backlash because of of something of us not being not being as regulated as it should be in every state i'd say yeah i would say on that the kind of the the, the flame you know that the spark in the uk that prompted clampdowns was <clears throat> i think it was a lot of media stories about people who had gambling addiction saying you know this this person stole three hundred thousand pounds from their employer bet it all was offered more bonus money at 3 a.m bet that all and you know when you start reading these stories and you know all the sort of tragic things that come from that and then 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 there's a narrative and a face behind what the harm is being done here that's when i think regulators can be like right we're, we're going to step in it's going to be interesting dustin like you mentioned though i and to kind of put a bow on this is is i don't know the correct answer to all this because like if you're in a state like arizona right where 
there's 20 different books all trying to vie for some sort of eyeballs to get people to sign up at their place over the other person. It's like, I mean, you can't like say, okay, each of you get three commercials per, per six hour. You know, it's like, so I don't know the right answer to all of it, to be perfectly honest either. I think if, I think that maybe it just goes to what you guys were alluding to that, the commercials are just going to have to exist, but maybe during the commercials, if there is a little bit more of the kind of, you know, explanation of the bonus stuff, explanation of responsible gaming, different things like that. But I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you really fix it when there's so many different people who are trying to get in front of everybody. And these, you know, stations are still trying to make money and, and all that. I, I don't know how you fix it. Yeah. I don't know. There's not really a great answer because yeah, yeah like all of these companies are, it's even different than UK, right? Cause all these companies are, are in growth mode are trying to, to, yeah get behind their huge valuations for them in some cases like you they have to do this right if they want if they want to keep spinning the narrative that they're growing that they're one of the top operators you can't it's not like you're just going to say oh i'm just going to spend a little bit on commercials because somebody <laughs> right. else will yeah. suck up the oxygen in the room right so it's we'll just let our competitor outspend us 20x on this it's fine we'll definitely get the same amount of people as them you right. know like, so, yeah. it, so brad's right like you kind of like and the regulators are right. They have to, there has to be some kind of ground rules. Like they mm-hmm. all have to agree. Like let's, let's calm it, maybe calm it down a notch mm-hmm. uh, as things go on. Let's get on the same page. Let's not, let's not get regulators up on our business. We've, we've had a very easy time of it till now. And even like New Jersey and Rebuck said, I, I remember the days of the early days. Like we, like we had to wait to see promotions. Like they couldn't just throw out a promotion. They had to go through a regulator get it said, okay, we sign off on this. They stopped that mm-hmm. process because there's a bazillion books and promos every, uh, every other minute in New Jersey and everywhere else. But like, th- that's the, you know, that's the speed at which this thing moves and what's going on. And, and you know, I, I, I think New Jersey's serious when they say this, like, let's like, again, they've, they've been, you know, not, not always perfect, but they do care about this issue and everybody for better or worse often follows what New Jersey does. So is that, is, do they, if they step in, does this kind of slow down everything for everyone? It'll be interesting to see. Dustin, we replaced Adam here on the podcast in his sultry tones with a British accent and that flowing hair of, of Brad. So, I mean, like we've, we've, we've done, we've done well if we're going to replace Adam here on the pod. I mean, like this is like people are listening going, I mean, if you, if I don't get Adam's voice, I mean, getting, getting that accent is, is pretty great. Pretty true. Yeah, except for, you know, they're like, ah, still got to listen to Matt and Dustin, unfortunately. That sucks. Um, All right, Dustin. So let's talk, uh, let's switch to Connecticut here. What do we, uh, what do we have going on over there? When will these people be able to bet? Uh, not online quite yet, but you might be betting in Connecticut as of like next week, maybe, uh, for in time for NFL week three, uh, the two casinos there, Foxwoods, me and son, it sounds like that they can both be live with their sports books, uh, as soon as next week, uh, compact for the Mohegans got, uh, got approved just today or was, was, was published in the federal register here, which means, you know, those are the two tribes where there's a sports book. There's also a sports book coming from the lottery that will be, uh, that, but that's going to be different in that there's going to be a lot of retail locations. Those aren't quite ready. There's going to be an online book and then there's going to be online sports betting, both from Foxwoods and the sun, which are partners we know with, with uh, DraftKings and FanDuel uh, to to offer online sports betting, and there's going to be online casino in the state as well. So, you know, right now it looks like you could have a retail retail sports book in those two casinos next week. Online betting looks like it's more like later in October, if if what we've heard is correct, and you'll have three online sports books. But for now, yeah, you're going to be in Connecticut. You can drive to one of those casinos, which are are very popular, I know, and I am sure those sports books, if and when they launch. Next week will be absolutely crazy uh, with uh, people from coming down from Massachusetts to to uh, to bet. 
Brad, I want to switch to a state out here uh, on the West Coast. This is Arizona, who joined the fray here about a week ago. We're looking at a state that is, I mean, look, it's no not like they were a stranger to sports betting or whatever. There is uh, a lot of towns right along the border in Nevada. So, you know, had they gone and signed up for an app and all things like that, they were able to do that. And then also uh, one of the biggest feeder markets for for Vegas was, of course, Phoenix in the Phoenix area and things like that. So there's a lot of guys that are very familiar with sports betting. We figured that it was going to be a pretty big state. We figured with, as you know, as many pro sports teams, they got a couple of college teams as well and things that it, that it would be one of the uh, more interesting markets. But I don't think we thought what this initial port report says is uh, it was going to be the case, right? Yeah, these are some like bananas numbers. Um, so in the four days, so NFL Thursdays, I think that's the day the market went live mm-hmm. between then and 5 p.m. Pacific time Sunday. So not even like Sunday night game. They got 271,000 new accounts and 6.1 million geolocation pings. So that's basically either someone logging into account or, or placing a bet. Um, and so that that makes Arizona already the fourth biggest biggest market in the U.S. over the, that four day period. So ahead of Illinois, who's got like. 6 million more people um, just behind Michigan, which has got like 5 million more people. So I, th- I, mean, I think there's, there's two things kind of explaining why Arizona's so mental. I, I, I guess one is, you know, all, all the early adopters, are, they're probably excited to have sports betting. They're, they're downloading all the apps, betting away. But I think you're probably also having a bit of this New Jersey effect where people are coming from California. They're, they're crossing the border into Arizona, uh, gambling away because I, I did a little bit of maths and if it's only Arizona adults signing up for accounts here, it would be about 7% of all Arizona adults signed up for accounts. Um, I, I guess I guess there'd be a lot of multi-accounting going on, but whatever, they, they've embraced it in Arizona so far. Yeah, I mean, look, this is, this is one of those things where, I mean, they're going to gain... They're going to gain some new accounts here pretty soon because I'm going to make the drive down there here, um, you know, in the next couple of days as well, because we've talked about the the differences in what you get in Nevada and what you get in other places. And I think you're right. I mean, there are it's it's just as easy for some of these guys to drive over the border there in um, it, over in Arizona. New Mexico could do the same thing. Right. And, and cross across the border, get in Arizona, sign up to make some bets and do different things like that. And there's a couple of towns even on the border in Nevada that it would be worth kind of just popping back and forth over there as well. If you are even in the least bit serious about all this, Dustin, you and I you know, kind of speculated that we thought Arizona would certainly be an interesting market and thought that it would be uh, pretty big. But I think when I said pretty big, I did not think like in instantly jumping to what seems to be one of the more uh, one of the more fruitful states when it comes to all this out there. Uh, Do you think one, do you think this is sustainable? And two, do you think that Arizona is kind of in that conversation now whenever we're talking about the powerhouses when it comes to sports betting? Yeah, I mean, you can't. Yeah, I mean, a quarter over a quarter of a million accounts in in four days is nuts. Like it's, you know, uh, we have talked about this. This is this is a perfect storm. They Arizona for our, for its faults in, in regulating and doing all of this, you know, did it right. Right. We did. We were like, let's do it at the start of NFL season. Let's get, let's capture that because any other time, there's no other, there's no better time than that day to launch. Right. That is the best day you could, you could possibly want to launch sports betting in the United States. So that on top of, you had a lot of operators all at the same time doing concurrent marketing and same thing we saw in Michigan, right. Where we had a bunch of operators go live same day. This, this critical mass of people like wanting to sign up for legal sports books. Arizona, from the, from that standpoint, timed the 
time to launch correctly. They said, let's let's be ready for NFL season. You know, whether they whether they cut some corners or or this was the greatest play in the world, who knows? But it it instantly put this the sports betting market into into to rare air. And this is you know what we say when we talk, look at other states that have done this suboptimally, like a Tennessee or a Illinois, Illinois, where there's now back to in person registration, as we know. But yeah, this is. Uh, I think it's. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a top five state instantly. It's. There's no reason to think it's going to backslide from that. And you know, the drive. I think Brad's right with the drive-in. Like between the between, I would. I wouldn't be surprised to see like DraftKings throwing up uh, billboards to say go drive in Arizona and bet on DraftKings. Right. And you know, I. Get, get the- I would imagine that is that is in the works because <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it just it, it again. It's 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 just a better experience right overall. Like, I mean, they, they offer a better product there. It's a superior, superior product to everything that's available in Nevada. They offer a better experience, better. I mean, everything about it's better. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me uh, in the least bit, Brad, when we look at Arizona too, I mean, the other thing is, is there are still a lot more books to come. So, I mean, yeah, we know that there is at least some sort of stickiness amongst, uh, amongst Americans, whenever they sign up for a sports book and all that. But I mean, if you're, if you are some of these other books that have yet to launch, this has got to be at least a little encouraging for you that it seems like there's a, an incredible appetite here to, to bet on the, on the app. Yes. I mean, uh, there's, well, there's going to be 30 odd operators, I believe something like that. Um, and I think what's interesting is, so the same numbers we're, that are showing how big Arizona is, they were showing that New Jersey is still growing 35% year on year. <laughs> right? so, I mean, that kind of shows you the runway for growth. You know, if, if you do have a competitive market, you do have 20 plus operators who are still happy to throw money at the problem, throw bonuses at the problem, throw money at marketing. I mean, because marketing works, right? Like, yeah. For sure. Our company for the last couple of weeks, all all these, all these operators, all these, all these affiliates have all been going, Arizona's launching like that's, you know, that's the focus. So yeah, I I think there's a, there's a huge runway for growth over the next, you know, four or five years or so in Arizona. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. I, I think that that's certainly the case. And I think that it'll, I'm not going to say we're going to see a, a, a big drop off in numbers for Nevada, but like, look, you've, you've taken out a feeder market now for sure. I mean, like, like Phoenix was certainly a feeder market. There were certainly people who were driving up from the border towns as well and all that. So it'll be interesting to see, how, you know, what kind of effect it, it, it has on Nevada as well. So Dustin, we talk about Massachusetts. Of course, that is the the headquarters there in Boston of one of the larger sports books in the country in DraftKings. Uh, one of the market leaders out there in DFS as well. That said, it was uh, we, we still have not gotten legalized sports betting there in Massachusetts, but it does look like there's at least some uh, some sunny skies here, maybe some rainbows, maybe even a unicorn. Yeah, uh, we had we had the governor Charlie Baker of Massachusetts taking to the Twitter machine to say that he would like to see sports betting. Said uh, the, tw- the tweet I'll just read it to you now. Great to see the Patriots back. We filed a bill in 2019 again this year to legalize sports betting in MA. It's time to act and get this done. MA is losing out to many of our neighbors on this one, and he's definitely right there. As we talked about with Connecticut, going to be losing out to Connecticut re- here real soon. Um, this the the governor has I guess long been a proponent of this though, so that's not. That doesn't necessarily make this a done deal. The Senate, uh, this, the bill here is is in the, the Senate. The House passed it earlier. Um, the Senate refused to act last year, has done not nothing with it so far. Does does Baker try to get involved to really push this through? We know the teams uh, are more involved. You didn't have to look no further than Arizona, where the, the leagues actually hold licensing rights for sports betting. So, you know, the, you got to think the big, the big, uh, the leagues and the teams there in Massachusetts are, are probably trying to push this forward 
as well. We always talk about DraftKings is there. It's it's borderline crazy to me that we're sitting here in 2021 and Massachusetts has not legalized sports betting right. based on everything. Again, the other part, other other tailwinds has got MGM and Win Casinos, which are two of the uh, two of the ones who are really interested in online sports betting. So you have all this lobbying. You have the governor interested. You have a a bill that would pass you almost unanimously out of the house and now potentially languishing in the Senate. Can it, can it get done with all of these, all of these tailwinds helping it along? We'll see, but you know, we know if nothing else, Massachusetts has been slow to act. They've been taught. They were early on daily fantasy sports and the regulation of that. They're right. actually the first, I believe there, but that was not legislation that happened. That was uh, just the, the attorney general, but it's wild to me that we don't have it yet, but there's there's some chance that you know later this year we'll get uh, get sports betting to the finish line there in Massachusetts. Brad, we uh, we we talk we often talk about you know the the big states and we we basically say you know New York, Florida, and California, Texas, and like you know, those four. But with Massachusetts, I mean, again, if we're look if we're talking about states that are sports crazed and specifically around a couple of their teams and, you know, the Patriots and the Red Sox, uh, I think the Celtics are starting to get that fan base back a little bit now that they're they've they've been competitive the last couple of years. But, um, you know, we don't really mention Massachusetts all that often. But now that we've seen what Arizona might has it might be producing and all that, like you look at Massachusetts, and you go, that might actually be an interesting state. There's no, there's no way all these you know Red Sox fans are sitting at home going, oh, I'd, I'd like to bound the Red Sox today, but it's not legal right. here. So uh, right. yeah, they're driving they're driving across the border, or they've got a corner shop bookie, or, or whatever they're doing. So um, you know, as, as, as Charlie Baker says, let's let's bring that money in house. And you know, it's crazy that DraftKings can't pull these strings because like that this is a this is a huge Massachusetts success story right this is a tech unicorn that's worth 20 billion dollars you know based based in that in that state so you know how they can't get that across the line I don't know let's head to Washington so up uh, up your way there Dustin um is this correct we have we have sports betting in Washington we we do uh we we, we get crap when we don't talk about these retail sports books, so we got to do that yeah. too right because uh we got we had had one angry listener who was uh, dismayed that we weren't uh, talking about Wisconsin, uh, but we we have a sports book open just outside of Seattle. Uh, that's Snoqualmie Casino. So if you're uh, in the Seattle area, you can drive over there and place a bet. Apparently now I have not confirmed that myself by driving there, but <laughs> not that far from me. But uh, yeah, sports betting is in Washington State. This is it's, this is going to happen only at the tribal casinos for now. There's a, there's been a movement to try to to open it up to online, but Washington because of the you know, the tribes have really they basically own gaming there. They you know this is a place where online poker is actually illegal to play. You can get in trouble uh, there. It's a felony under state law. I, I lived there for a while and, and was aware of this rule. Um, but yeah, so we're we're hopeful this is a first step. And you know what we've seen with tribes across the country are opening up to this and. You know, that this first step of having a retail sports book is a big step and maybe this leads to online sports betting. Anyway, there's lots of lots of casinos around the state um, uh, where you can where you're going to be able to bet. Other sports books will open. But yeah, first one, add Washington to the list of states that now has legal sports betting operational. Brad, one of the other stories you have up over at LSR right now is, is talking about D.C. Um, and what was going on there in D.C. I mean, here on the pod, we were saying, like, look. You know, we're 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 gigantic advocates of legalized sports betting. But if you lived in D.C., we couldn't blame you if you still wanted to keep your old your your, your old way of betting because it was so incredibly horrible and it was so bad there. Um, and, and you wrote a story that apparently 
after all this time, like they realized, oh, wow, it, it actually is bad and it could be better. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there was a there's a, a there was an audit that was um, ordered as part of the law to legalize sports betting in D.C. Um, and it basically called for an audit after a year or two to, you know, have we done the right thing? Have we have we done a, a good bill here. We've done a good law. Um, and as you say, they realized, oh, no, we haven't. We've done a terrible bill. Um, you know, they, they compared their their growth to states like Illinois and Colorado, who obviously went much more mobile friendly. And then they compared it to other like lottery run markets like Rhode Island. And basically everywhere they looked, they found that DC has been a car crash, which, you know, they, they should have opened the app and tried to bet a couple of games and they would have found that out much quicker. Um, so they, they came up with, with a few... Um, I guess, you know, ways to improve the product. Um, one of them was lowering the VIG, right? Giving better mm-hmm. odds to, to, to betters to encourage them to bet more, which, yeah. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one was uh, just improve the app. So just just simply improve the intralot-powered app there. Um, but, you know, the the Office of Lottery and Gaming, who kind of, you know, they're, they're the ones that part, partnered with intralot to, to to give them control over the market, essentially, they they wrote a letter in response to this to this auditor, and they basically said, "Nah, we're fine. Um, <laughs> right, we we think it's fine. We're they, you know they said we're we're working on the product. We we might tweak the lines if we think it's necessary. You know we might do that. Um, and they said we don't think we need any more competition because actually it costs you." It costs you more money to license these people than it will make in tax revenue. So leave us alone as this kind of monopoly on on mobile betting. Um, so is anything going to change in Washington D.C.? Possibly not in the short term. Yeah, that's just. Oh boy, we still have a long way to go here, Dustin, with everything. So take us home on uh, Florida, Dustin. I'm not sure how much I know. Brad and I have been trying to, uh, you know, taking a little bit of a look at this. And with our, our legal scholar, John Holden, uh, there is a new filing in uh, federal court related to the Florida sports betting case where uh, there's a challenge to whether uh, whether the compact is signed by the state is, is legal and if sports betting will move forward. So we have a hearing date in that of November 5th. Uh, where and there's a filing due, I believe, next week in relation to that case. So it sounds like you know they're trying to to get this done quickly, or have, have suggested to the court that they get this done quickly because uh, it could launch as soon as this fall. The initial date was October fifteenth. Uh, apparently, uh, in the negotiations or the uh, working out the filings for this, uh, the the plaintiffs in this case, who are some some gaming interest in Florida, contacted the Seminole said, "Oh, they're probably not going to be launching till November fifteenth. So that's kind of the target date. So now we're looking. I guess I guess by default we've learned that. Okay, uh, sports betting not coming in October. We have this court case that now is going to get um, get moved forward a little more quickly, and we should have a, a whether well, there's going to be at least be an injunction to stop the compact from taking effect at least for sports betting and, and what's going on there. So uh, interesting. We'll have more from John. I know tomorrow morning at Legal Sports Report if you'd like to know all of the legal machinations. But this is what we've talked about it for a little while. Is that you know, it's, you know we have Florida ready to go. It's legal, but these court cases have been. Uh, Kind of hanging out there as a as a specter over it, and um, and might uh, might slow things down here. Uh, and no, the, the lawyers I've talked to and I Brad's have talked to, I know, uh, have made this look like they have a decent case, and we could see this uh, shut down before it even gets started. Brad, uh, we like to we like to do over unders here, and put I like to put people on the spot. So um, over under December thirty first, twenty twenty, for sports betting in Florida, twenty twenty one. Yes. 
I'm, I'm going to take the over um, and I will take the over on lawyer fees as well. <laughs> right. There will be lawyers, we always say, with any of these things like that. Guys, as always, everything that we talk about here on the pod, you can find over at LegalSportsReport.com. Go over there, take in all the great words that Brad's writing, all the other team over there. And uh, again, they're doing this stuff. They're reading these things and watching these hearings and listening to these things so you don't have to. That is the best part about going over to LegalSportsReport.com. If you want to follow Brad on the Twitter machine, at Brad Allen NFL. If you want to follow Dustin, at Dustin Gowker. If you want to follow me, at Matt Brown. M2 because you really and truly hate yourself. For Brad, for Dustin, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University, that's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.